Holy Hour of Power, the Terry and Jesse Show, fully vaxxed with the blood of Jesus, fully boosted with the sacraments of the church. Uh, this is High Energy Catholic Radio. This is where we engage the culture of death with prayer, fasting, and full contact Catholicism. I am the Latin lover of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, the Latin lover of Our Lady. And I'm Terry Barber, the Lebanese lover of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and the Lebanese lover of Our Lady. Jess, I just got back from that wonderful state of Texas. Mm. Brother, I know you know it. I went to a men's conference that you've spoken a couple times at, and this was my turn. And I'm telling you, I got some Texas hospitality oh, that man. was yeah. unbelievable. Great place to grow, to raise a family. Uh, but today we have some topics. It's kind of interesting. Uh, number one, just picked why rich California is a poor state. Uh, yeah, you know, the sixth, seventh largest economy of the world. What's going on in California? We'll talk about that. Also... This is unbelievable. The Biden's disinformation director referred to Hunter Lap- Hunter's laptop as a Trump campaign product. What are, what's the hmm. administration doing that it just makes no sense right now? Uh, as and I'll just quote Larry Elder. He's he's a good friend of the show. I'm, he says um, disinf- they're setting up a disinformation board headed by. Uh, are you ready? Uh, an eight-month pregnant Russia expect to call Hunter's laptop a Trump campaign product. He says, "Really, I can't. Can I can I can't make this up?" And this is what's so bizarre about this administration. And then we'll end on a high note because this is the month of May to Our Lady. We'll be talking about that and much, much more. But before we get to the gospel, I just want to say the saint of the day yesterday was Saint Joseph. Let's not forget about great devotion to Saint Joseph. And mm-hmm. I would encourage people to read Father Don Calloway's book on consecration to Saint Joseph. Yes, let's get some soul food in for today's feast. Yeah, let's just mention something about Athanasius. Uh, oh, oh ba- yeah. Saint Athanasius. Hey, <laughs> Athanasius. Well, I'm going to make that comment. Well, you just <laughs> yeah. said that's okay. Not a, go ahead. So Saint Athanasius, yeah, who he's, was uh, he, Jess? he's no. one of the he's one of the four great doctors of the Eastern Catholic Church. Yep. He's uh, Athanasius defended the one true faith against the Arian heresy, a Catholic priest who denied the full divinity of Christ. Uh, he was a devoted bishop in Alexandria, Egypt, for 46 years. That's a perseverance. Uh, bishop Athanasius, or St. Athanasius, was repeatedly exiled for his defense of the creed yeah. of the Council of Nicaea. <laughs> like, it just, in other words, he was canceled, Terry. Yeah. That's, that's what that means. He was canceled. Yeah. And while, while in exile, St. Athanasius discovered a deep kinship with the great ascetic Anthony of the Desert, and after St. Anthony of the Desert's death, St. Athanasius recorded the hermit's story in the life of Anthony, and it proved to be one of the fundamental texts for monasticism yep. in both the East and the West. St. Athanasius died in 373. He's one of the first non-Christian martyrs or confessors to be uh, venerated as St. Saint. Saint Athanasius, pray for us. And just one more thing I'm going to add on to him. Great man, was exiled four or five times. The church, um, you know, he. I remember one comment he said when they said, "Hey, uh, uh, they're they're taking the uh, the churches away from us," and uh, Bishop Athanasius and I said, "Let them have the church. We have the faith." So he's a man that if he was living today, Jesse, he would be banned from YouTube. Oh, he would be banned from any social right. media because he's politically incorrect. And but we have our own Saint Athanasius of t- today, modern day Saint Athanasius. Are you ready, Bishop Athanasius Snyder? from Kazakhstan, who we've been recording three times on his new book on the Mass. I believe that this is the same bread. In other words, he is 
a Saint Ignatius, a Saint Athanasius of our time. So I would pray for Saint. Uh, well, I should say he's not a saint by canonization, but let's pray for Bishop Snyder that he will follow in the steps of his uh, patron saint, Bishop Athanasius. Amen. Tell you also a bit of good news: the Supreme Court backs a oh, Christian, man. a Protestant Christian group, <laughs> in in, uh, in in a Boston flag. Uh, yeah, but how close was it, Jess? It was nine to zero. <laughs> All the Supreme Court justices sided with this Protestant Christian group when uh, when it comes to private groups using the flagpole yeah. while holding offen- while holding events in the plaza, and so it was a unanimous decision by the U.S. Supreme Court. Very unusual. I can't remember. No, I can't either. A- another nine zero case. No. Nope. Another thing I want to mention is that this is good news for your good news file. Is that. Uh, uh, Parents and Hispanics are backing the GOP in bigger numbers than ever, Terry. And why do you think that is, Jess? Uh, it shows the Ameris poll shows that 52% of Hispanic voters uh-huh. say they would support a Republican candidate for Congress right now, while only 39% of Hispanics would favor a Democrat candidate. And the same polls show that parents with children under 18 favor the GOP over Democrats by a 60% to 39% margin. And that voters that are under 45 years old were more Republican than those over 45. So it seems like the younger generation is more conservative. Another one for the good to know file. Sure. Immigration is now a top issue. A new Quinnipiac University poll found that Americans are increasingly concerned about immigration. Inflation is the most urgent issue for voters. 31% say it is their most foremost concern. But the second most important uh, concern is immigration. And uh, and so this was reported by the Aquiniac poll. Uh, again, the, the elections that will be coming up, what's going to be front and center in most people's minds are inflation and immigration. Last thing I want to mention is that American Express, unfortunately, has gone woke. Oh, yeah. They've adopted an anti-racism initiative that pushes privileged employees to defer to marginalized groups within the company. So white employees from American Express were recently told during training to identify the privileges or advantages that you have <laughs> and that the, <laughs> that the credit card company should charge black customers lower premiums than white customers. Unbelievable. I, I thought the truth had no color. Well, for for Catholics, yeah. not for liberals. For liberals, everything is uh, is col- is is all about color. And Every- Jesse, you mentioned uh, the the um, inflation rate on the plane coming back. I read that the Phoenix area is at the highest inflation area in the country. They've seen more prices from gas and food yeah, going it's up. It's crazy out here. Oh, you, right so you're experiencing it too. And yeah, yeah. I'm just glad I'm just, you know that I'm. Oh. Sitting comfortably, you know, in my, in my well, you don't situation. have a young family, okay? Let's I don't have honest. a young family. My house is paid off, but I feel bad for anybody oh. else that's not in my situation. Yeah, it isn't pretty. Absolutely. Well, let's get some soul food in right now, brother Jess. <clears throat> yes. Uh, today's gospel is John chapter six, verses twenty-two to twenty-nine, mm-hmm. and <clears throat> today's gospel. Remember, you have two miracles that have taken place. You had our Lord, who did a food miracle from verses 1 to 14. And then uh, and then now he walks on water. So there's a second miracle. The first one he does with food, multiplication of food, and this, the second miracle today, he walks on water. So here's what it says. After Jesus had fed the 5,000 men, his disciples saw him walking on the sea. By the way, 
that's physically impossible for a human being. You think? Which shows that he's divine. Exactly. The next day, the crowd that remained across the sea saw that there had not that there had been only one boat there, and that Jesus had not gone along with his disciples in the boat, but only his disciples had left. Other boats came from Tiberias, <clears throat> near the place where they had eaten bread, uh, when the Lord gave thanks. The word that gave thanks is Eucharist. When the crowd saw that neither Jesus nor his disciples were there, they themselves got into the boats and came to Capernaum looking for Jesus. I love those three words, looking for Jesus. <laughs> that should be life's greatest pursuit, Amen. most three words, looking for Jesus. And when they found him, ah, the five greatest words in the Bible. And when they found him, what's better than looking for Jesus? Finding him. Amen. Uh, and, when, and, they, and when they found him across the sea, they said, Rabbi, when did you get here? Jesus answered and said, Amen, amen, I say to you, you are looking for me not because you have, you have saw signs, but because you ate the loaves and were filled. Do not work for food that perishes, but for the food that endures for eternal life. So he's preparing him for his Eucharistic discourse in a few more verses, which the Son of Man will give you, for on him the Father, God, has set his seal. So they said to him, What can we do to accomplish the works of God? Jesus answered and said to them, this is the work of God, that you believe in the one whom he sent, the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. couple things that jump out at me. So where's Tiberius? Because this is mentioned. The Sea of Tiberius is also known as the Sea of Galilee. So don't let that convince you. And Tiberius, this was a city that was built around probably around 20 AD in honor of the Roman emperor Tiberius Caesar. So it was built by Herod Antipas. Another thing that jumps out at me in verse 25, Jesus is called rabbi. What's that mean? That's a Hebrew title for a respected Jewish teacher. So although Jesus Christ wasn't trained in the temple of Jerusalem, he was not a Pharisee or Sadducee. They understood that he had this knowledge from above. And the last thing, verse 27 jumps out at me as well, where it says the, our Lord talks about food that perishes. What he's saying is this, is that earthly food like burritos and tacos and hamburgers and pizza, okay, <laughs> It's necessary to sustain earthly life, but because it is perishable, it does not suffice to give us supernatural life or to safeguard us against eternal damnation. Only Christ can give us food that satisfies our spiritual hunger and gives everlasting life. That's why in the next couple of verses from verses 50 to 58, our Lord will identify this heavenly food as the Eucharist, which is his body, blood, soul, divinity, I, we call that here in the Terry and Jesse show soul food or the bread of angels or the food for the journey or the medicine of immortality or the antidote against sin. All phrases from the church fathers. Jesse, I want to go over to the next break and talk a little bit more about this gospel because John 6 is very, very important. And then we'll take Fulton Sheen and then we'll get to our topic. Got it. You're, you're listening to the Terry and Jesse show. Yes, we're too blessed to be stressed. Yes, we're too anointed to be disappointed. Yes. If hope was money, Jess and I would be billionaires. Why? Because of that last verse in the Bible. This is the work of God that you believe in the one he sent, Jesus Christ. Stay with us now. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. We're back to Terry and Jesse show. What's up, Terry? Yes, I just wanted you to finish that gospel of John. Uh, really touched me, and I think it'll touch all of us. 
uh, I would encourage you to read the entire chapter. It's one of the most important course, chapters yep. in the Bible, in my opinion. But I love this part where it says this. Um, Do not work for food that perishes, but for the food that endures for eternal life. And the food of eternal life is the Eucharist. Okay? That's what that is, which the Son of Man will give you. For on him the Father God has set his seal. So they said to him, what can we do to accomplish the works of God? And I love this answer. Jesus answered and said to them, this is the work of God that you believe in the one he sent. And Jesse, what I, what, what I love about that last statement is, think about today. Believe in the one he sent. In other words, believe Jesus Christ taught about the inerrancy of Scripture. Believe that Jesus Christ teaches about the real presence of Christ in the Eucharist. Believe that Jesus taught you know, and affirmed the Ten Commandments. All these things that modernists are not wanting to believe that is opposed to John 6. That's all I wanted to say. Modernists are even opposed to the fact that Jesus Christ is the only yeah, way to heaven. Exactly. Good point. Mo- modernists will say he's one of the ways or he's he's a way. That's sad. But uh, again, uh, Jesus Christ is the only way to heaven. Whoever gets to heaven will only be because of Jesus Christ's That's shed blood on Calvary for that person. In some way, shape, or form, they, they came in contact with with the with the merits of Jesus Christ on Calvary, no man will be saved apart from what Christ did on Calvary. Thank you for making it so clear. This is what we call black and white Catholicism. Let's bring the smartest guy into the room. Fulton Sheen, please. Full, full Sheen ahead. And he's talking about persecution. You know, Jess, I see through the world. I see I was encouraging people to watch uh, that uh, Raymond Arroyo's Thursday show the, um, his, about the persecution of the uh, Christians in the Middle East. I, I, it was moved me to be a monthly donor to that uh, group to help the Christians there to stay, keep the presence of Christ in the Middle East. But persecution, he says, one great mysterious fact that is not generally known to the world is that wherever there is persecution on the account of the faith, it always results in a vast catch of souls for the kingdom of God. Tertullian was right when he said, the blood of martyrs is the seed of the church. Jesse, uh, Bishop Strickland says this all the time on her show. He said, you know, Terry, I hope you're on the same page with me because it would be an honor for me to die for Jesus Christ. Mm. And we, we have to do that for him. And I thought, where else do I hear a bishop talk like that, Jesse? Am wow. I missing something? He's saying, I'm willing to die for this. And I think all of us need to do that at this moment of time because right now, uh, we call it lukewarm Catholicism is a scourge on the church. Terry, we were born for this. Yeah. We were we were born to die. Yes. None of none of us is going to be on planet Earth forever. <laughs> this isn't home. No. And so there's only since we're all in the world going to die. 100 percent of us. You either die in friendship with God, that's called in a state of grace, yep. or die an enemy of God in a state of mortal sin. Yep. The fact is, we're all going to die. That's a given. 100 percent of us. How are we going to die? That's is the, the question. question that we as virgin most powerful. We promote every day to die in friendship with God. Well said. Jess, let's get to our first topic. Why rich California is a poor state. Well, it's a state of contradictions yep. when, when you look at that term. Yeah. Silicon Valley, San Francisco is the epicenter of global digital production and wealth. <laughs> yep. Yet the streets of San Francisco are cluttered with the homeless and their or, and their uh, discarded needles. I've seen uh, it. M- manure yep, on I've the seen streets. It. Yep. So the middle class has long departed the Bay Area. Yep. 
or been reduced from that status to a lower class existence just by the vastly rising costs of living. As with the rest of the state of California, when the cost of living is taken into account, the poverty level is the highest in the nation. Why don't we repeat that? If uh, taking into account the poverty level is the highest in the nation. As a matter of fact, in California, yeah, there's a good, there's a lot of good reasons for that too. Um, and I, I we'll go into the article, but one of the reasons, Jesse, people come to California who are uh, poor is because the state is going to give them what we call lifetime income in many right. cases. Go ahead. Yeah. yeah, there's they're just very generous with other people's money. <laughs> the reasons and data are provided by the 15th edition of Rich States, Poor States. Yeah. This is a report in all 50 of America's states by the American Legislative Exchange Council. It's a research think tank that helps state legislators from its beginnings more than a decade ago. This report has, has been used as a helpful barometer of what's going on. So the report looks at two sets of variables across the years from 2011 to 2029 years. Mm -hmm. The economic outlook ranking, which looks toward future performance, ranks California 19th. And the economic performance ranks, when looking backwards at what has been achieved, puts California at 49th. Yep. Almost this, last. Yeah. <laughs> this, uh, this American Legislative Exchange Council, ALEC, this economic report, ranked California 19th among the states for economic performance on three indicators. It ranked third for economic growth, up 54%, and 14th for non-farm economic growth, up 11%. So far, so good. But it scored a horrible... 49th for cumulative domestic migration over the previous decade, losing 1.1 million people to other states. You're one of them. Yeah. Only New York was worse, exiling 1.5 million residents. Yep. A critical inflection year was 2015. Check yep. this out. When did you move, Jesse? Yeah, it was uh, 15 2015. Or I know. Very, I just thought that when I read the article, I thought of you. Yeah, that was, yeah. For the first four years of the decade, the Golden State lost 50,000 people a year. <laughs> then in 2015, that's when I moved, yep. it jumped to 80,000. Yep. And then it reached, in 2020, 242,000 people moved and, out. And it's still going up. And al although outside the years of their report, the year 2021 saw 277 right. people migrating out. Yep. So California scored middling for a state that likes to pride itself as a national leader indeed is portrayed as so powerful and influential that governor gavin newsom and others brand california a new nation state terry i don't know what what they're looking at but they're not looking at the economic outlook yeah and jesse just to kind of go for bullets uh this is what californians why they're leaving I'll give you an example you got a policeman who retires or anybody state worker they're going to be paying 13.5% to the state for that check that they get each month. That's one of the reasons they say, no, I'm getting out of town. So here's, here's, some, top, here's some, some bullet points. Top marginal personal income rate, 13.3%, and it is going up again. It's the 48th highest in the nation. Also, this doesn't show the gas tax as being high. Yes, it is. But July 1st, guess what, Jess? They're raising our sales tax again for the gas price because gas is so inexpensive. What? Yep. Next, what's the next bullet, Jess? The next bullet is personal income tax pro progressivity. Yeah. 50th highest. Last. This is crucial because it means the middle class, which pays an incredible 9.3% state income tax rate, is punished because it has to earn more 
than in other states because of high expenses just to make ends meet then faces the punishing higher taxes at the end of the day. That's it. Next one. Recently, legislative tax changes put California in 48th place. These include a $5 billion annual gas tax increase. That was in 2017. They're doing it again in July of 2022. That's why people are going out. Next bullet, state liability system survey. Basically, how litigious the state is. <laughs> it's ranked 48th. Yep. Next one, state minimum wage, $15 per hour. It's ranked 50th. Next one, average workers' compensation costs are ranked 47th. Uh, next one, Terry, next bullet. Next one, estate inheritance tax are not levied so that it's a positive ranking California first among the states. So that's a good thing. One silver lining. Yep, next. Next, also positive is tax limitation, the third strongest in the land, largely due to Prop 13 from 1978. Howard Jarvis. Leftists like to decry Prop 13 as supposedly denying revenue to needed state projects, but without it, the state's punitive tax structure would even be worse. Terry, here's my take. What's the bottom line, Jess? Yeah, was that once upon a time, millions and millions of young people dreamed of moving to California. Oh, yeah, get rich. Yeah, nearly endless sunshine, beautiful beaches, booming economy, Hollywood. It made it seem like paradise to many people, but now those days are long gone. Yep. Unemployment is rampant. Yep. Home prices have skyrocketed. Violent crimes and gang activity are on the rise. Homeless all over the place. Local governments all over California are facing horrible financial problems. Millions of illegal immigrants have poured into the state. Traffic around the big cities is a nightmare. <laughs> and tax rates are absolutely outrageous. Plus, there's the constant threat that your home could be destroyed by an earthquake, a wildfire, or a mudslide. And in recent years, people like myself and others, Paul Clay, hordes of hardworking families have decided that they've had enough and have have decided to move away from California. Uh, Again, this is not good for California. And the worst part about it, I would say, and I'll turn it over to you, Terry, is that the biggest problem is that California is run by elitist control freaks that have no common sense at all. Yup, the politicians in California seem to love to impose absolutely ridiculous rules and regulations on taxpayers. They are nuts, Terry. They are nuts. Yeah. One thing this article didn't refer to was crime problem, Jesse. And because we have a law in California that a guy can go into the Walmart or or any other store and get under $1,000, steal $1,000 worth of product and just get a little ticket and not go to jail for that, uh, it, you know, it's, it's costing everybody money on that. The other thing I will say also, Jesse, is even a, a basic house is almost a million dollars, a three-bedroom, two-bedroom house, three-bedroom house, two-bath house. Uh, you're talking almost to a million dollars. Who's going to afford to pay for that when you're a young family? My recommendation right now, I just came back from Texas, go to Texas. Yeah, those people—they got workers. They're 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 wonderful people. Hospitality's there. I felt like I uh, the clock was turned back forty or fifty years, Jesse, when I was out there over the weekend visiting different cities, and I, I was agree. blown away by that. So I'm in California. Jess knows why I'm here. It's ministry. Oh, uh, absolutely. My job is to get as many souls to heaven as possible, and I'm in Sodom and Gomorrah fighting. So there, yeah, that's, that's yeah. why. If people say, "Why are you still there, Terry?" That's why. Yeah, no, no, Terry, yours literally, uh, as King David says in Psalm 23, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, 
that's exactly where you're at. God needs you. God needs you to keep on. Do what I can uh, do. Yeah, well, as he says, put your hand to the plow and don't look back. That's what you're doing. Your wife's doing. Yeah, we're doing you it. guys are putting your hand to the plow for the gospel of Jesus Christ in Southern California. And you're not looking back. You're looking forward because you know, you know what lies ahead. Jesus Christ and the promise of eternal life. You're not looking back at California. But I'm asking all young families to seriously consider getting your family out of California. The schools, I mean, I, I could talk the whole hour on the evils that are in California. I won't. All I will say is, mom, dad, talk about moving out, especially if you have a young family. That's right, Terry. California doesn't respect the rights of parents. That's right. The schools. You nailed it. And California has some of the worst schools in the nations. Absolutely. Hey, uh, we're going to come back and we're going to talk about the Biden administration and what is going on to attack things that have no need to be attacked and are missing the point. We're going to do it in a charitable way. Stay with us, family. You're listening to The Terry and Jesse Show on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Welcome back to The Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. Terry, one of the greatest virtues that we have as Catholics is honesty, integrity. Those are called sub-virtues. And this is what we need more of in uh, with our leadership, especially our political leadership. And Jesse, let me just jump in. What you just said is what our fathers of this country said, that this experiment will not work unless they are a moral group of people. So there, go ahead. That's just a fact. Yeah, uh, the Constitution, the Declaration of yeah. Independence, all of this was made for a moral nation, for a moral people, the Founding Fathers said. That's what they said. And what I'm talking about is that uh, Hunter, uh, I mean, Joe Biden's just uh, is is uh, made up a new office. Again, more federal money. Check He's this out. into a new office. It's crazy. So the new office is, is basically the Ministry of Disinformation. There's going to be a director... That's going to refer to people that are putting out, according to their opinion, false news. So, like, for example, anybody that refers to Hunter Biden's laptop uh, as, uh, as, as the smoking gun, uh, Biden's disinformation director is going to call it now Trump campaign, uh, you know, product or propaganda. The woman tapped to be the executive director of the Biden administration's new disinformation governance board is facing criticism for her political ideology and dismissing the legitimacy of Hunter Biden's infamous laptop in the past. So, Terry, not only do they do want not only do they want to control our speech by canceling people from social media that they disagree with, they now want to even uh, basically control our thoughts you can't even think like this because, again, there's an entire government office called, you know, the Office of Disinformation. So Homeland Security Secretary, somebody who nobody should trust, Alejandro Mayorkas, testified Wednesday that a disinformation governance board had recently been created to combat online disinformation. Jesse, let's stop for a minute. Just give us a year ago, what was disinformation about COVID-19 that if you did get COVID-19, they said it was disinformation for us to say that you would be, you have antibodies in your system to fight the disease. That was what they considered disinformation. And then, of course, Jesse, later on, they changed their tune and said, oh, well, I guess we have to follow the science. Wait, that's... 
my point is this disinformation that they're pointing out is all, I'm just going to be honest with you, it's liberals saying that this isn't yeah. true, so therefore it's not true. That doesn't make something true because you say it's not true. Yeah, here's what they try to do first. Tell me. First, they had Soros and, and, and Gates, yeah, Bill Gates. Pay, paying, paying people yep. to uh, call them fact checkers. Yeah, there you go. It, well, then we discovered and yep. it came out and they admitted it. Yep. That these fact checkers were biased, so that basically exploded that whole business. So that's gone. Yep. So now, since there are no more fact checkers, because we we found out that they were basically Soros and and Gates paid uh, you know millennials with their laptop in their basement, mom and dad's basement. Now the government is saying, okay, we we better step in before uh, before the truth comes out. So now they're going to start a ministry of truth under yeah. Joe Biden. Let me tell you something. He's been a president for 50 years, Terry. Uh, the truth be told, this man has a hard time with telling the truth. And, and this guy is going to set up a ministry of truth under his regime? Yeah. This, this reminds me of that book, The Brave New World, a 1932 novel by Eldex Huxley. One of the things in that book that, that was going to happen in the future, according to The Brave New World, is that the government is going to control uh, our thoughts and our speech? That was part of the genre back in the. This is a 1932 novel mm -hmm. that was talking about the government is going to to try to uh, basically uh, uh, be be overlords over our thoughts and our speech. Well, guess what? That 1932 novel is coming to life right now under the Biden administration. Jesse, who would have actually thought that this could be true? But you know what? We're living it right now. Yeah. Here's a, and obviously he's being criticized, which is good. I'm reading this one, uh, this, this one tweet. It says uh, from Ninka Jankowitz, it says back on the laptop from hell, apparently Biden notes 50 more Natsik officials and five former CIA heads that believe the laptop is a Russian influence op. Uh, so yeah, who's, who's Jankowicz? Well, she's, uh, Jankowicz has previously referred to Hunter Biden's laptop, which has been authenticated by multiple news outlets as a Trump campaign product and suggested it was a Russian influence op. Uh, so Jankowicz attempted to clarify her, her October, 2020 tweet this week by saying that she was simply uh, quoting a or tweeting a presidential debate. So in other words, she's trying to remove herself from that tweet. She said, I'm just repeating what was said during the debates. But the fact is, critics on social media have blasted the decision to appoint Jankowicz and express concern that she would not be an impartial director of the board. I mean, you can already see from her tweets that she's already partisan. So rather than police our border, Homeland Security That's the bottom line. has decided to make American speech its top priority. One of the good guys, uh, uh, Senator Josh, Hosh, jo Josh Hawley, he tweeted, he said, quote, they're creating a disinformation board. No, really. And take a look at the, at the views of the leftist radicals running it. So, yeah, Joe Biden has put radical leftists to to start a well, like what Hitler had the same thing. Yeah. He had a, a, a ministry of, of education as well. Yeah. I mean, we, we call it the ministry of propaganda. Biden is doing the same thing, Terry. And Jesse, let me just back up a little bit. A couple year and a half ago when they 
Hunter, Hunter Biden's laptop was an issue before the election and how uh, the liberals were able to not get this information out about the laptop, knowing that if it got out, it would ruin uh, Biden's uh, 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 presidency. And it did. We all know that the information, if that was out before the election, uh, Biden would not be the president. So they've seen this disinformation work by hiding things that are true and by calling people out and saying theirs is false. It's a word. It's a war of words. And so they've seen it yes. work. And the bottom line, Jess, is this. That's how liberals have always worked. Am I wrong? That's how they've always operated. And I'll tell you how powerful the spoken word is. Remember John 1, 1. And the word became flesh. This is how powerful the spoken word is. Amen. This is why, you know, once again, uh, it's uh, a war on words. Uh, the, 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 yeah, right now, exactly. That's exactly what we're engaged in, a war on words. This is why Jesus Christ says in Matthew chapter 13, he says that everything that comes out of your mouth mm-hmm. will be judged. Yeah. Everything. And in fact, there, there's an entire book in the Bible just on the power of the spoken word. Mm-hmm. It's in the book of James. Yep. It's like it, it, it dedicates like two chapters that talks about the danger of a lying tongue, the danger of cursing, the danger of just a, a, of, of speech that, that lacks charity, yep. that's full of deception, that's full of lies. There's an entire book of the Bible that warns you about the fires of hell for those people that make a living for lying. And let me tell you something, Terry. Uh, this is going to be basically the, the propaganda arm of the Biden administration. And Jesse, just in the last few minutes that we have, I want to address something that I addressed out in Texas <coughs> when some people said, Mr. Barber, you and Jess sometimes talk too much on politics. Can you guys just stick to the, you know, to the word of God? And Jess, I gave him my answer, but Jesse, we're doing it right now. Why? Because the truth means something. We have to stick to the truth about what's going on in our country and call people to the truth. But what's your response to people who say, stop talking politics when you're when you're on the radio? Because we are pointing out an error of the present administration. And because why? Because people need to know the truth. What's your thought on that, Jess? I'll give three. I'll give three quick responses. Number one, Bishop Sheen says yeah. that when the government meddles into morality, yeah. it's no longer politics. That's, right. That's now within the purview of the church. So these things are meddling into morality. That's right. Number one. Yep. Good point. Uh, yeah. Second thing I would point out is that in the Catechism of the Catholic Church, paragraph four hundred seven, it says that the devil manipulates human beings through. Politics. It's right in the Catechism, paragraph 407. So the devil's using politics. We have to beat him back, Terry, with, with the same stick. Amen, brother. Okay? We have to jump into that arena whether we like it or not. Number three, the whole separation of church and state, many Catholics have been brainwashed. That's Freemasonic propaganda. That's Freemasonic thought. That's never been Catholic thought. In fact, Pope Leo Thirteenth said, you cannot separate religion and politics. So Catholics... Take that outside of your of your thinking. You're thinking like a mason. You you've been brainwashed by Masonic thought. Separation of church and state is a Masonic idea. It's not a Catholic idea. It's been denounced by popes. You cannot separate the two because the church was meant was put here on planet Earth to purify the world, purify politics, purify media, purify education. And Jesse, just to add to that point, think of the unborn babies that have been murdered for the last 50 years because we didn't speak up the truth about abortion and we didn't vote 
with a Catholic moral conscience and speak out for the unborn as a church. Sorry, Jess. I mean, these are the facts, what you just gave. This is why we speak out when it comes to the truth about the gospel, the truth about just lies that are lies. We have to expose them with the truth. And uh, that's a very biblical teaching. So that's our answer to those who say, Desi, Terry, stop doing too much on this politician stuff. Well, I want to encourage Catholics to speak up and stop being silent when it comes to government policies. If we don't speak up and save these unborn babies, who will, my friend? Terry, here's a, here's a tweet from Larry Elder, one of the sound voices of California. Yep. Uh, just a voice of reason and he common does. sense. He, does. He, he, he said this yeah, Bi- about, yeah. uh, about Biden's yeah. pick uh, to run this disinformation board. He this said this, quote, Biden sets up disinformation board <laughs> headed by an eight months pregnant Russian expert who called Hunter's laptop a Trump campaign product and said she shudders to think about at Elon Musk taking over at Twitter. That says everything you need to know. Uh, this is just another... You can't make this up, Jesse. No. Yeah. Hey, is this microphone on? It certainly is. When we come back, we're going to talk about Our Lady, the month of May. We have our first Saturday devotions, the day of our conference on Our Lady. You're going to be inspired what we have to share with you about the Blessed Virgin Mary, Queen of Heaven, and our mother. Stay with us, family, on the Terry and Jesse Show. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us. During the month of May, the month of Mary, we feel a special protection of Our Lady that extends to all the faithful. That's what we call this program or this network, Virgin Most Powerful (laughs) Radio. Amen. We feel a special joy that shines and illuminates our hearts, expressing the universal certainty of Catholics that the indispensable patronage of our Heavenly Mother becomes even more tender, more loving, and more full of visible mercy and exorable condescendence during her month of May. I would ask you that, therefore, remember, pray your rosaries every single day. Even after the month of May passes, a remnant of this remains. If we've profited from these 31 days in May, especially consecrated to Our Lady by wearing our our sacramentals, Mm -hmm. by doing our Marian consecration prayers, we're left with an increased devotion, a keener confidence, and so to speak, an increased intimacy with Our Lady that in all the vicissitudes of life, we will know how to petition her with respectful insistence hope in her with invincible confidence and thank her with humble tenderness for all the good she has done. Terry? Think about this. I'm going to read a little bit, but let's add a little add to it. And that is, what is Our Lady's role? She gave us Jesus at Christmas, right? She was the vessel that God had wanted us to go to for our Lord. And so I just want to encourage you to have that great love for Our Lady because Our Lady is the queen of heaven and earth, at the same time, as she's our mother. We enter the month, as we say, of May with conviction. And uh, I will say this, Jesse, that um, children are never more sure of a loving vigilance of their mothers when they suffer. All of mankind suffers today. All people suffer. They suffer in every conceivable way. That's one of the reasons, especially I do this 
for anybody I know who is suffering, go to Our Lady and and meditate on the rosaries, and she will be yeah. your mother. Because mm-hmm. so many times we have people now, Jesse, growing up with dysfunctional mothers, okay? They never had someone hug them. Let Mary embrace you, mm-hmm. and you'll have heavenly love. Yep. Those who are tenaciously faithful to the fulfillment of yep. duty yep. suffer from all the adversity they meet yep. by their fidelity to the law of Christ. Look at... You know, anybody who's suffering in the world right now under Islam, oh, I mean, yeah. under the Democrats, uh, there's a lot of people that are suffering because of their, their Christ-centered faith. Yep. Yet those who transgress the law also suffer, for without Christ, every pleasure is nothing but bitterness, and every joy is a lie. That's a fact. Hearts suffer, torn by the revolutionary psychological war, which is so intense in our days. Bodies suffer, impoverished from, by work. undermined by malady, overwhelmed by the necessities of every kind. The contemporary world could be likened to the time when our Lord was born in Bethlehem. Its tortured mouth opens with a loud and agonizing groan. The groan of the evildoers who live far removed from God and the groan of the just who live tormented by the evildoers. The more somber circumstances become and the more excruciating sundry pains grow, the more we should ask Our Lady to put an end to so much suffering, not merely for our own relief, but for the greater benefit of our souls. Sacred theology says that Our Lady's prayers anticipated the moment of the world's redemption by the Messiah. At this distinguished moment in history, let us turn our eyes to Our Lady with confidence, asking her to hasten the great moment we all await, when the when new Pentecost will kindle beacons of light and hope in this darkness, and restore the kingdom of our Lord Jesus Christ upon the earth. Amen. Jesse, one more paragraph, but I want to just also add that every time mankind's been in trouble, God sends his mother. Think of the message of Fatima. So let's keep that in mind. We or Lady should, Guadalupe. Lady Guadalupe. All these apparitions. We should be like Daniel, who the Holy Scriptures described, that is a man full of, Many great things to the, for the glory of God. Let us always ask Our Lady for everything. And let us above all in the sacred liturgy beseech them of God. Here's the bottom line, Jesse. And you know Our Lady played a huge role with your devotion to Christ. Oh, yeah. True devotion to Mary brings us to Jesus Christ. And so when I have a devotion to Mary that's authentic, you can never say too much about Our Lady. That's right. One of the things that identifies a man is, is what's called uh, magnanimity. Yeah, in other magnanimity, words, yeah. magnanimity, we should think big for God, have great desires <laughs> for God. That's called mag. Don't be small-minded when it oh. comes to the things of God. And that's why there's a good prayer that, again, we should be praying to the spouse of the Holy Spirit. It's just a one-sentence prayer. Uh, Lord, send forth thy spirit. And they shall be created, and thou shalt renew the face of the earth. Short one sentence prayer. Add that to your prayer protocol in the morning, midday, or in the evening. Uh, ask the spouse of Our Lady, the Holy Spirit. We should also ask Our Lady, uh, ask God, I mean, should I say, through the mediation of Our Lady, that God once again sends His Holy Spirit with the plenitude of His gifts so that His kingdom may be created anew and purified by a renewal of the face of the earth. In the Divine Comedy, which, is a, which was written by Dante back in the Middle Ages, he wrote that praying without the patronage of Our Lady is like wanting to fly 
without wings. I like that analogy. So let us then confide to Our Lady this heartfelt yearning desire that the hands of Mary will be for our prayer a pair of pure wings that will carry it with certainty to the throne of God. Well said. Jess, I want to also just add something about a prayer for Pope Francis. I just heard that the doctor has told him not to walk. He's in very bad physical shape. And I pray that he'll be like... I think it's his knee. It's his knee, yeah. But I pray that he'll be like St. John Paul II and offering his suffering for the good of the church. This could be his, his stage of his pontificate where he's losing his physical uh, ailments to uh, just age. And so, you know what? I pray that uh, he'll see that as coming from the hand of God and that he'll offer that because the church needs the vigor of Christ to pray daily, and especially a man that is going to be suffering in his position. Those prayers are going to go a long ways. Just last comment about Our Lady, because I, I, I think that we need more teaching on Catholics understanding the power of the rosary. In many places, in war-torn countries, you know, we have Our Lady of the Rosary. We have so many apparitions. We have so many stories of how people going to Our Lady when they were in need, they got tremendous graces given to them because Our Lady is the mediatrix of all graces. It mediates. That's the miraculous metal image. Your thoughts? Yeah, Terry, I'll, I'll mention just three things about Mary and the miraculous. Yeah. Uh, for example, you have you have uh, one famous story, the Battle of Lepanto. Yes. Where the where the Catholic soldiers in 1571. That's right. Were all praying the rosary. They all had a rosary in their pocket, and they prayed yep. it daily, even while on the shifts awesome. on the way to war. And we know how that turned out. We won. Yep. There's there's also another very famous story. The uh, uh, Hiroshima, Terry, the the bomb, big one with the Jesuits. Hiroshima, yep. sure. Uh, everything was decimated for I'd say a hundred miles yep. around Hiroshima. Yep. Everything was decimated. From the nuclear bomb by the atomic bomb. atom bomb. Yeah, yep. it was called Little Boy. Yep. Tom. And and uh, what was interesting is that there was these Jesuits that were praying in in a chapel. They lived the Fatima message. <laughs> they were inside. Praying the rosary. Everything, that church where they were praying survived the atom bomb in Hiroshima, Japan, and nobody inside suffered from radiation. Yep, they survived. What were they doing? What were the Jesuits doing? Living. They were, they were praying the rosary. Then in more recent times, Terry, remember we had over, it was a couple of years ago, I forget exactly when, but there was this very famous story about the Chilean miners. Oh yeah, that's a great one. Remember, yeah. there was they got stuck. There was there was uh, thirty three. Oh, this is back in two thousand and ten. Yep. There was thirty three miners who were trapped for nearly seventy days in a Chilean gold and copper mine, and uh, and guess what? They made a hole. Uh, the the government to to give them oxygen while they tried to rescue them, and. When they when they pulled them out of the ground after thirty, look at the number thirty three. Or, or, yeah, uh, thirty three miners in seventy days. Exactly. Okay, what were they doing when they pulled these guys out? <laughs> I love it. They were praying the rosary. Yeah. It, it reminds me of Psalm one thirty where it says, "Out of the depths of the earth you have called me, Lord." Can you imagine? They're probably saying that every day. Out of the depths of the earth you have called me. <laughs> Literally, Lord. Jesse. Yeah. And let's not forget the Philippines with Marco. With the tanks oh, and how right. those folks were praying, we one of our employees, Joel, who worked for us, 
was yeah. one of the young teenagers praying his rosary with a Jesuit priest standing in front of tanks ready to mull, m run him over. And Jesuit priest said, keep praying, son, keep praying. And that was a peaceful transition. Yeah. So the month of, of May, it's dedicated to the Blessed Virgin Mary. It's also, remember, it, it, it's, it's also spring in North America in a couple of weeks. Yep. And the flowers are beginning to bloom. The earth is fresh and new. Yep. That's a symbol of, of new life that God gives us every year. And Mary's yes to bear Jesus to the world has given us new life. Amen. Now we have the hope of eternal life because of Mary's yes. Because she's the new Eve of the new creation. She's the mother of the new Israel of God, the church. Also, this month is very interesting because it's also Mother's Day. It's going to be celebrated so this month, we're also going to be remembering and praying for our earthly mothers. That's right. But, but throughout the month, we honor our Holy Mother Mary. And most people don't realize that Mother's Day actually comes from Catholic tradition because honoring mothers is a Catholic tradition. <laughs> and so Mother's Day has been celebrated as a national holiday in the U.S. on the second Sunday of May since 1914. But the Protestants kind of took that example in this country because they saw that the Catholics have always had the month of May as a special time where we celebrate the Mother of God. And so it just, they kind of borrowed the Catholic spirituality and said, <laughs> you know what, maybe we should celebrate or honor our earthly mothers in May as well. So the Catholic uh, honoring of Mary in the month of May influenced those in this country to, to relegate May as Mother's Day. Uh, so again, that's another contribution by the Catholic Church. Our Lady, please pray for us here at Virgin Most Powerful. We encourage you to pray your rosary every day. If you're not praying, you're off the team, okay? Let's just get, let's get straight. <laughs> Jess, I wanted to um, say thing, one more thing about uh, this Sunday. This Saturday is the first Saturday of the month. We implement the Fatima message. We have our women's conference going on, our marriage conference going on this Saturday. You're welcome to come to that. After that, we will have mass and a potluck. Folks, you're welcome to come to our first Saturday devotion. It's our second month in a row. Amen. Jesse, what state should we be living in, brother? State of sanctifying grace. Don't live in a state of mortal sin. Pray your rosary every day. Go to mass as often as possible. Read your Bible every day. Be holy or die trying. And, and, and say no to this corrupt and evil generation. Well said. And remember Our Lady of Fatima said, souls are going to hell because no one is there to pray and make sacrifices. Yep, that's the message. Let's pray and make sacrifices for the salvation of souls. May God richly bless you. Thanks again for joining us here on the Terry and Jesse Show on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. God bless you.